It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. We're continuing the conversation, staying with the question just a little bit longer. Uh, pulling some excerpts from uh, Senator Ben Sass, Republican from Nebraska. He was at the Aspen Security Forum in Washington, D.C. over the weekend with our friend Steve Hayes from the Dispatch. And he, he went into a, an interesting space. They were talking a lot about technology and the world that we live in, global threats. Uh, but then he started to... Uh, meander into some fascinating things uh, around our elections and how they're working and, in particular, how they're not working. Uh, He said that Americans aren't happy with our two political parties, and it's apparent, by the way, our elections are flowing. Listen to this. The only thing that happens in American elections right now is that someone loses. No one wins. It isn't hard to understand this unless you're a politically addicted weirdo who watches cable news all day or lives on blue checkmark political Twitter or is an office holder yourself who got warped into thinking that you should stay forever in politics. Most of the American people know that politics right now is not um, aspirationally persuading anyone. What happens every single election is somebody overreaches and then you have a backlash. And this isn't the way it's always been. From 1952 until 1994, the House of Representatives turned over zero times. Um, Since Bill Clinton's election in 1992, every single second year of a new president's term, with the sole exception of George W. Bush in the aftermath of 9-11, every single time the Congress flips two years into a new presidency because that person didn't win because they had some grand mandate to go and transform America, right? Every election is basically a lesser of two evils election right now. All right. So this is, this is really important to look at this historically. Uh, for, for almost 50 years, there was no turnover uh, in the midterm elections. It just went the status quo with whoever was uh, in the White House. But then starting with 1992, every two years, every midterm election after that, with the exception of uh, George W. Bush after 9-11, the second election year, the Congress flips. It flips. So we've seen that with Democrats in the White House. We've seen that with Republicans in the White House. The midterms end up being this massive smackback. And I love how Senator Sass framed it. It was because... The politicians misread the American public. They thought they had some big mandate to completely transform the country, and they didn't. They didn't. And so two years in, they had overreached. And so what did the American people do? The right thing. They slapped it back, and they created divided government. I think the American people are actually very comfortable with divided government. And yes, it's slow, and yes, it's cumbersome, and yes, it's challenging, And I think that's a feature, not a flaw. But I think the fact that Senator Sass said that, look, nothing about our politics is aspirational anymore. Nothing is persuading people because what's happening is whoever's in power is overreaching with that power. And so then there's a backlash in the next midterm election. And I think we obviously saw that as it relates to Virginia, uh, a very nationalized race. 
And the message was, look, you overreached. So Senator Sass gave an example from the Virginia's governor's race uh, and kind of dug into that a little bit in terms of why that all came about and how. There wasn't any doubt Glenn Youngkin was going to win. And you talk to people, to parents, and the, the plus 20 numbers that he had with independents were because Randy Weingartner and the teachers unions said, screw you to parents. Like, it just wasn't hard to understand. And the New York Times headlines were, the breaking news alerts two weeks ago, Republicans pounce trying to turn education issue into electoral issue. What are you talking about? Republicans pounce. Terry McAuliffe just committed suicide on national TV. Republicans didn't win that race. McAuliffe decided to lose. And that goes to a, a point we make often on this show, and that is, in politics, most times you don't win because of some grand strategic thing that you did, but your opponent failed to manage their weaknesses. And those weaknesses became the dominant force in the behavior, uh, which lead them down a lot of rabbit holes uh, that are never successful. Terry McAuliffe obviously uh, had some gaffes down the stretch, and, and that galvanized an already grumpy, a little bit mad, and then suddenly highly motivated and mobilized group of parents. And as Senator Sass rightly pointed out, it, it was independence. These independents, many of whom had voted for President Joe Biden just a year ago, one year ago. And so it's it's how we're looking at it uh, and how we're approaching a lot of these things that get in the way. And again, that can make us a little pessimistic. And we can be pessimistic about some of our politics and some of our elected officials, for sure. Uh, Senator Sass goes on to talk about there is a, a bit of a silver lining in all of this. There's a lot of silver lining to this which is I think, even though we don't teach civics, I think in our bloodstream, Americans still fundamentally understand the freedom from, freedom to distinction. They get that in our system, politics are not gonna make you happy. Politics are supposed to hold at bay lots of bad things that can happen to you. Government's job is to take the difficulty out of things that shouldn't be difficult. Politics job is to make sure that walking home from a restaurant late at night isn't dangerous for anybody in any neighborhood in America. That's politics job. Politics job isn't to take the difficulty out of raising your kids. That's actually the fundamental nature of how bonding between parents and kids works and how character is developed. And I think the American people overwhelmingly don't want a politics that tries to be the center of life. Yeah, it's not the center of life. Uh, and while we talk about it on this show, it's to make sure that we can do all the other things uh, because it is community. It's culture that lead and the politicians will follow if we remember that it's community and culture that lead and that the politicians will follow. Too often, everything we see on Twitter and social media convinces us that it's politics that lead and that the people and our communities and our culture follow. And it's never been that way in this country, and we have to make sure it doesn't become that way in this country because uh, that will prevent us from moving forward. Uh, Senator Sass concluded by saying that Americans want a government with a small list of priorities. Uh, actually, great advice to both Republicans and Democrats. So the good news is um, I think the American people want a government that says, hey, we, we're, we've got a small number of priorities, but we're going to be focused on governing prudently for 2030. And the people who are trying to live performative politics to get on cable tonight or to have some viral tweet 
an hour from now, they're not thinking about 2030. And I think the American people want a politics that thinks about a small number of things for 2030. Thinking about things for 2030, uh, looking beyond just the current campaign, the current battle, the current fundraising push for your reelection campaign, uh, because what has happened is that kind of performatory politics where you're just trying to get clicks and hits and views and on the local uh, TV network or on cable TV prevents us from getting to the real issues. Uh, Senator Sass's comment reminded me of what we heard from Van Jones, progressive Democratic strategist uh, on CNN, political commentator, where he talked about these echo chambers and he was calling out his own party to say, I think we're a little disconnected. I think that the Democrats are coming across in ways that we don't recognize that are annoying and offensive um, and seem out of touch in ways that I don't think show up in our feeds when we're looking at, at, at our kind of echo chamber. And I think that this is a message here. And so the message to both the left and to the right, uh, small list of priorities, uh, things that will empower people and recognize that the more you chase those clicks, those hits, those tweets, and those uh, cable news appearances, the less likely you are to be in tune and connected with your constituents. And we have to get back to that. And I think both Senator Sass and Van Jones agree that this narcissistic view, these echo chambers that we create, are preventing us from the very things that hold us together. As a republic, it is that shared civics, uh, whether we teach it or not, uh, it is inherent as long as we don't get so many other things in the way and so many shiny object distractions from our politicians that we no longer are willing or ready to engage in the crucial conversation. We're going to step aside for a quick bottom of the hour news. When we come back, Eric Bame's going to join us to talk about who gets the tax, break, tax breaks in the president's new plan. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 